the New York football Jets. They have one of the best all-purpose running backs in football in Le'Veon Bell. His ability to be able to build affect the game as a running back out of the backfield, as a premier pass catcher. That's the difference between him and the other running backs. You talk about Todd Gurley. Man, Todd Gurley, he's the best back in the NFL. Ezekiel Elliott, he might be the best pure runner, but the best combination running back is Le'Veon Bell. And he happens to play for the Jets. Feel that, buddy? Le'Veon Bell is headed to the New York Jets. That just happened. More than a year away from football, Le'Veon Bell has agreed on a four-year, $52 million contract with the New York Jets. Yes! Yes! Oh, yeah! Just watch Bell right here. He's got three guys inside, outside, right in front of him, and he makes Ray miss. And Bell, I mean, this is nothing more than one guy being better and everybody else on the football field. I mean, look at the stiff arm on Kirkpatrick. I mean, he just threw it down. Le'Veon Bell is going to be that 9-1-1 type throw, that emergency line. I've got something bad happening. Let me get it to the best running back. Shortly after midnight, Le'Veon Bell made the decision to go to the New York Jets. The all-time yards per game leader in the history of the NFL. That boy is good. It's Bell. Bell seeking space. Bell trying to go over the top. He fights to the goal line. You're going to be able to put him out at receiver positions and get those matchups you love. How about Bell? Numbers 210, catches six, receiving yards 55. Bell, beneath, a wiggle, what a move. This one, and he throws down to the finger. Le'Veon Bell, the cut. Bell breaks a tackle. Bell trying to go all the way. Le'Veon Bell, touchdown. After going 4-12 in the 2018 NFL season, the New York Jets would enter this year's free agency with optimism and hope on the horizon. Looking for a better day, licking its wounds from a year of learning and growth, the real building process must go forward. Coming out of free agency last year, the Jets were spurned by Kirk Cousins, who used them as leverage to get a better contract from Minnesota. But now, out of the ashes of disappointment, with the third pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets selected Sam Darnold, quarterback from USC. He was chosen to lead the team into the future, a moment that will be echoed throughout eternity, celebrated forever, and seen as one of the pivotal decisions in the history of the franchise. And now, in 2019, having $100 million to spend, the second most cap room of any team in the National Football League. The New York Jets would look to build an empire around their new leader. The most powerful weapon available has been had. Ladies and gentlemen, Le'Veon Bell! Second and two. Underneath. 
A wiggle. What a move. Bell. Dips arm and he throws down the defender. The right of Roethlisberger. Bell is open. Touchdown. Three-man rush. Pass caught. Touchdown. Le'Veon Bell. It's Bell. Up the middle. And takes several cheeks with him for the touchdown. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Don't enough to leave it. everybody and welcome to a very special edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. Broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque, Crystal Lake Studios, Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined as always by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas. One of the happiest men in the entire planet right now, Michael McGarrett! Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Jet fan? Let me throw out a couple of these. Woo! Woo! That just happened. Oh, I want to let everybody know. Ding, ding, ding. There's a dong. slight chance, a little bit of a celebration going on. We might have had a, a beer or two, me and the Wookiee. Yeah. Me, for one certain set of reasons. Bill has agreed on a four-year, $52 million contract. The Wookiee, who's a giant fan, for an entirely different set of reasons. We traded Odell. What are you crying for? We traded Odell. We'll get to that in a moment. Giants don't get the spotlight on this podcast. The New York Jets do. And the newest signing, the newest arrival to the New York Jets, someone we've talked about on this podcast for months, hypothesized, dreamt about, hoped, Mike, maybe, possibly, potentially, Le'Veon Bell would want to join our team, help us take the next step, help out Sam, help us move into the future. And guess what? After some games that were played, after some very coy social media ruses, uh, some trolling by Le'Veon, we found out late last night, Le'Veon Bell, the newest member of the New York Jets, four years, $52.5 million, could get up to as much as 61 max with incentives. Michael, have you gone to sleep yet? Is, is Was your wife mad at you when you were screaming in the middle of night last night? I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted because I was up all last night. I gotta just thank all the Jet fans out there, the Twitter fans. Uh, Jet, uh, Jet Twitter is just so incredible, and Facebook, and these guys were just weird. So it was just such a crazy endeavor because, you know, free agency, the tampering period starts, and we find out Kelechi Osemele is movement is made. And we're all Jet fans are like, oh, that's what's up. That's what's up. All right. You know, and it already starts out. He's addressing the offensive line. That's what's good. And then after that, you know, you're hearing about these linebackers being signed and these free agents. And we're like, all right. And we all hear about Lev Bell and everybody's just amped. And then all of a sudden you start hearing stuff about Baltimore. And so everyone's like not sure. And then all of a sudden Barr changes his mind. Uh, By the way, he's not one of my favorite players right now but we'll, oh, we'll get into him yeah we'll in get a in, moment, in a second but we'll get back to that and so like we're all in like just not the happiest people and then we're hearing that Le'Veon Bell's dropping a, re- a record at midnight and that his record 
has like, you know, him rolling dice and that him is that him going to Vegas or whatever. So I'm on Twitter midnight with all these Jet fans what up to the moment that he releases his album. Cats are downloading it. They're like, all right, I'm through the first song. I haven't heard anything yet. And, we're, and I'm just like, you guys are amazing. It was loud laughing because there's like all these people who were maniacs. We're trying to find any little sliver. And then all of a sudden, Adam Schefter just pops off. I couldn't even believe it for a second. I'm like, is this fake news? Like, is this, is this real? And then I just, Blame on Bell signs with the New York Jets. I, I just sat there like, oh my God, it happened. And there was a lot of different teams during the day that were rumored to be in the mix. The Ravens, the Raiders, I know the Colts fell out. Then you heard the Packers. A bunch of different teams were mentioned. Ended up, at the end, being the team that could give him the most money, which was us. It's not like they gave him money to a guy that doesn't deserve it. This is a three-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Averages 141 yards a game, which is the most of any player in the history of the NFL, Mike. Just so you know. 312 catches in his career, which averaged after 60 catches a year. Last year, you know who led our team in catches? Robbie Anderson with 50. The year Herndon was next with 39. The year before that, Kirsch led our team in catches with 65 catches. Bell as a running back averages 60 a year. So the different things he's going to bring to the team, put the contract aside for a minute. Just the different things he's going to bring to the team, uh, the ways he's going to help Sam when it comes to that, that safety valve that Sam will have now. Not enough you can say about it. The Jets had to do this. I know I read some things, Mike, here and there, and some of our friends sent them to us. Giant fans that wanted to pour cold water on us. People that gave this trade a bad grade. Which I don't get because if you put it in the context of our team, okay, if, if someone in, in, in a vacuum says, this guy's 27 years old and I think he's going to be slower and you shouldn't give running backs that much money, a lot of those things might make sense. Right. A lot of those things you could say to me and be like, okay, I get it. But then if you look at the situation in the context of the New York Jets, who have been devoid of talent offensively for a long time, they haven't a top of the league running back in God knows how long. They don't have anybody that's a game breaker, and there's no one who's more of a game breaker than Le'Veon Bell who can do more things. In that context, the amount of money they paid him, which ended up being the amount of money the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to pay him, Mike, this just seems like a win-win from every angle, monetarily, for the team, for Sam, for Jet fans, all around, Mike, good vibes. It's a win for the New York Jets because they get the most important player on the Jets, his greatest weapon he's ever had in his life. Sam Darnold has never had a weapon in college or high school or the pros like Le'Veon Bell. He will help with his growth very close to the way Marshall Falk helped Peyton Manning early in his career. So for the Jets, for Sam Darnold and the value that he brings to the offense, he immediately, it's a win for the New York Jets. It's a win for Le'Veon Bell because Le'Veon Bell put a big you-know-what to the NFL and their franchise tag. This French, this, this organization bludgeons players with their franchise tag and forces them on teams, these owners, because it's very tilted owner, not towards the player. And Le'Veon traveled the course not usually traveled by, right? He went the way that no one usually does. He sat the year out and said, you know what? You could take your 14 million. I'm going to sit out and I'm going to sign a lucrative deal. And you know what? People may look at the deal and say, oh, well, it wasn't the highest per annually like the way uh, uh, Todd Gurley has. But his guarantees are higher than Gurley's, actually. And here's the thing. When you're talking fully, fully guaranteed, there's three like tiers to that. And usually with guarantees, it only fills two of them and not three. He got all three tiers filled. 
and it's f- filled for 28 million. That's the highest guarantee. Yeah, and Mike, I think that, like I said, when it comes to our team, this was a move the Jets had to make. We all knew they were going to go in big form, and you just felt as the day went on. I got a little bit more pessimistic as the day went on. We were all texting each other, hoping he came, just because he's the type of player that can do so many things, but everybody else is immediately better on the whole team, on the whole offense. Right. And, you know, they still have other holes to fill in. When it comes to the offensive line, absolutely. We don't necessarily have a clear-cut number one receiver, uh, but what he does, Mike, and you, you take a look at a guy like they signed of, of Jamison Crowder. So Jamison Crowder is a good slot receiver. Last year... Herndon raised his level as the year went on, so we have a pretty good tight end they're going to throw the ball to. But then now also you have Le'Veon Bell. So when it comes to those those plays that are really close to the line of scrimmage within 10 yards, that's three options right there. Yeah. Last year going into the year, you didn't really know what Sam was going to do. And then all right. of a sudden now, now you have, okay, so now you have Crowder, now you have Herndon, now you have Bell. Teams have to account for those guys. Right. And now a guy like Anunua, who's not really able necessarily, he's not known for getting separation when it comes to uh, getting away from D-backs. He's known for catching the ball and being able to run. Yeah. You know, his yards after catch. He might be someone that, you're not going to account for Anunua when Bell's out there. Right. And you're like, all right, this guy's lined up in the slot. If the tight end starts showing, um, you know, showing some more skills next year, Herndon, and Sam takes a step, it just seems like all of these different players on the Jets, on the offense, will have a little bit of a tick up just because you have someone that's so good. Yeah, they got to see. Here's the thing. Uh, when defenses played the New York Jets, they didn't really have to scheme for a specific player. So th- they were anybody. So they would just play their philosophy, play the matchups, and execute. And usually with the Jets, they would just have to overcome that. Now, number 26 is back there. So now you have to account. And coaches will go into games accounting and scheming for Bell. That will open up opportunities for Herndon and the rest of the offense, like you said. And I believe Adam Gase is extremely excited because Bell fits perfectly into the type of offenses that he likes to play with uh, or to run with, excuse me. So this is just a win-win. And you know what? Here's the thing. Mike McCagnan, a lot of heat has been on Mike McCagnan for his drafts, and it's understood. And you've very well put in the past about Mike McCagney being able to go ahead and trade for value, but he has had a rebuilding plan. In 2017, he stripped down the entire roster. That's what he did after 2016 when when everything fell short. 2017, he stripped the entire roster down. 2018, he found the quarterback, and 2019, he is building around the quarterback. And when we, our last show, we talked about who were the top two uh, players that we could get that hadn't been franchised, and one of them was C.J. Mosley, and the other one, Le'Veon Bell. And the Jets got the two best free agents, value-wise, out there. The youth and value added. The Mike McCagnin has done a very good job. He still has some more work to do, but... Hats off to him on what he has accomplished so far. We're going to get into in a moment, guys, the free agent the Jets signed. Mosley, they did get young, four-time Pro Bowler, tremendous player. They gave him a ton of money, and they had to give him that money if they wanted to get him to come to the Jets because I know he's really comfortable there in Baltimore. And Baltimore had, Baltimore had some money to throw around too, but Jets guaranteed him 17. I think he's going to have $17 million a year for an uh, inside linebacker. You normally don't see that, but he's the highest-paid inside linebacker in the league. Now you team him up with Avery Williamson. Uh, we're going to get into all those guys in a moment, but before we do that, in conjunction and juxtaposed last night to the Le'Veon Bell signing by the New York Jets, a few hours earlier in the night, another bombshell hit New York. Do, do. We, got, <laughs> we got a quarterback. Y'all got a new quarterback? We didn't even, we, we didn't even get ball. Look who we got. Who is the Brill Peppers? Can you please get your nose? Who is the Brill Peppers? 
Packers, Bob. You just heard it right there, guys. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. traded from the Giants, and not that that is necessarily the most surprising thing that's ever happened. I think some Giants fans expected it. I think that in some ways he was somebody that wasn't a great fit in New York with the way he acted, but he was one of those generational talents when it comes to wide receiver, tremendous player. Um, on the field, statistics are ridiculous. But when it comes to Dave Gettleman, and it comes to some of the moves he's made recently, especially yesterday when, in a very short amount of time, when the day started, you thought the Giants would be a normal team, maybe. By the time the day ended, you realized the Giants are in complete rebuild mode and might win three games next year. Start off start off with ODB. ODB got traded for a 17th pick and a third rounder, and they got Jabril Peppers. And Jabril Peppers is not a bad player. He's never made a Pro Bowl. He's not going to replace Landon Collins, but he's not a bad player. But all the experts out there, people that know much more than I do about the draft and value, say the Giants got fleeced. So if you're going to, if you're going to get fleeced and also pay $16 million of a contract to the Browns, because the, the Giants will be paying $16 million for that next year. It, it's kind of inexcusable for a general manager to put your team in that position. And what I mean by that is they didn't have to sign him to a long-term contract last year, but they did. He, he already had a contract last year. They signed him anyway. Two weeks ago, he said, we didn't sign him to trade him. Now, I understand this is the time of year where what you hear out of general managers and teams, don't take it with a grain of salt. That's so that's fine. But he kind of was standoffish with the media, said, we didn't sign him just to trade him, and then two weeks later, you do trade him. It almost seems like to me from last year, last year when the season started, when the season started last year, Gettleman told everybody, he told all the Giants fans, right. told Wookie, told all of our friends, the Giants were a team that can compete now, could win the Super Bowl, that's why we drafted Saquon Barkley, it's the only thing we needed, this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. A year later, this is this is how well you thought these things out, a year later, you blew your entire team up. Now, the Jets have blown their team up enough times, I'm not going to judge the Giants for that at all, but... This is the thing. When did they decide to do this? Because normally when a team's in a rebuild, normally, if you have a player on your team that is, say, 25 years old, right. one of the best players in his position, which is what Odell Beckham is, you try to maybe keep him on the team. You, you, you guarantee him all this money. Maybe you try to build around the guy. They also had another player, Landon Collins, three-time pro bowler, 25 years old, made the all-pro team. You let him go, you got nothing. Now, when it comes Zero. to when it comes to Landon Collins, and I've heard a lot of different arguments about this, even some of our friends have had things to say, which we'll get into in a moment, and other Giants fans too. Um, th- there's a lot of different things they could have done, and they did none of these things. They they could have thought ahead, right, and locked him up last year. Right now, with the contract the Redskins gave him that everyone thinks is so big, the way the Redskins structured the contract, he counts for four million dollars against their cap next year. So think about that, a Giant fans. Thinking ahead, maybe. Last year, when you when you were all in to win, you, you didn't think to this year when you're like, ah, let's, let's do a 1-8, get rid of Landon Collins. If you would have thought ahead, maybe you don't put yourself in this position. So you don't think ahead, you don't sign him. You could have traded him last year if the plan was to do That's nothing with him. Because at the end of the year, you, you did trade snacks. So you were in the mode of, all right, well, maybe next year it's going to be real, but you got rid of snacks. Didn't do that. You could have franchised him this year, which a lot of people said um, maybe you shouldn't do. But if in hindsight you got rid of all these other players... Then when the smoke clears, you're like, oh, wait a minute, we did have money. We could have done that. Interesting, right? It's funny how that works. works So you do that move first, do all these other different moves, and then when the smoke clears, you're like, wait a minute. As I'm saying, a rebuilding process, normally 25-year-old, three-time Pro Bowler, All-Pro, captain of your team, last three years in a row in the Pro Bowl, probably the guy you want to build around on defense? Call me crazy. And then the last thing you could have done, guys, a fourth option, is called a sign-in trade, which happened... It's going to happen in the NFL this week, um, potentially with J.B. Young Clowney. It happens all the time when guys are franchised. They franchise the guys so they have the rights to them. You trade them to another team. That team pays them less than what you franchise them at, but you get something for the guy. These are four different options the Giants could have done. They didn't do any of these things. No. None of these options. No. The, the, the problem, yeah, 
No, the problem, you know, we just talked about what Mike McCagney did. Now, again, is Mike McCagney the greatest GM in the world? No. But I love the fact that he had a plan and he stuck to his plan. Anything you do in life, whenever you are trying to build something, you need to think over how you're going to build it, and then you stick to the plan. If you start and then you change direction and change direction, you know what you get? Chaos. And chaos is what has ensued upon the New York Giants. And believe me, Jet fans know what that's like. Yes. Because that's this is, this is the thing. We're not speaking from a place of self-righteousness. Our team has been a dumpster fire. So I'm, I'm speaking from experience. We're speaking from fans that are like, this is the life we've lived. And I just turned over and I looked over and I'm like, these moves by the Giants... These are interesting. I didn't mean Jet fans. Jet fans who are listening, I didn't mean to go on that long about the Giants. I'm just so dumbfounded how in such a short amount of time, it seems like the Jets have this plan in place that is working. That seems like on paper, and we all know, get on the field could be a completely different thing. I know that. I know that, everybody. But right now, the move they're doing, the, the, the talent they put on their team in the past week, in these positions that we needed, trade made tra- for the offensive line to both the offensive line. You sign the best running back in the league. You get yourself a slot receiver. You know, you get one of these middle linebackers, one of the best middle linebackers in the league, and then you still have the number, th- you have the number three pick in the draft. Key, think you know, about five other draft picks. Think about what they could have done last year. Last year they could have just said, you know what, OBJ, we're not gonna we're not gonna end up signing you, right? And just franchised him and got uh, instead of Barkley. Because you get Barkley if you have a very good team like the way the Cowboys did when they had their offensive line. They put Ezekiel Elliott in there, and they are now competing, right? They went and got Barkley. If they had gotten Sam Darnold, right, right now they would have the money to get a Le'Veon Bell, right? They would have traded Landon Collins for a first-round pick. They would be in a much healthier situation than they are in right now. And that just goes to show you to me, Gettleman is... Terrible, and we saw it with Mike Tannenbaum. Bad GMing, bad management will decimate a franchise. The the Miami Dolphins are just getting out of this mess. How about how about Tannenbaum. what he did to our team? Oh, he my. was such a bad GM. He got fired in two seasons. Yeah, we're experts at this. Oh, and yeah. we're watching we're watching this happen now to the to the blue team. And in a moment, we're going to get to all the signings for the Jets. But one thing I want to say that disappointed me. Michael, is when it comes to Jet fans, guys, people listening to this podcast, you and I, every Jet fan I've ever met in my life, the moves the Jets make, general manager, the team, things that happen on the field, there's no Jet fan just drinks the Kool-Aid and says, ah, no, it's okay, that sees something that doesn't make sense and buys the nonsense. You know when GMs go on, they go on a show, like like Joe Dolan did the other day when he went on Michael K. Show. He went on there, it was the hard worst. The K. Show did a great interview, but he is a babbling moron. And, And then some Nick fans probably heard that. They heard him babble and make these ridiculous excuses, and they believe it because they're they're so blinded. Yep. And I'm a little disappointed in Giant fans. I, I, I can't lie because Landon Collins, like I said, who was a three-time Pro Bowler on um, the last three years in a row, he, his rookie year he wasn't. The next three years after that, he's only 25 years old. He's first-team All-Pro. He has eight career interceptions. He's only played 59 games. Some people, people have said he's a box safety. Right. He can't cover. Well, he has right. eight picks in 59 games. Th- that's actually pretty good. This is how it normally works with good players who were in the secondary. Mike, agree, tell me if you agree with this. Um, if you become a really good player, if you have five interceptions on a year as a safety, the next year they don't throw at you. Right. Yeah. So that's what happens to players. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you about another player named Dar- Darrell Rebus. His first year he burst on the scene in 2009. He had six interceptions. Yep. You know how many he had the next year? Zero. Was Darrell Rebus garbage? Was Darrell Rebus a bad no, cover? No, no, no. Hear me out, though. When people just throw out, oh, no interceptions. Did he become a bad cover corner? No, no one threw the ball. No, nobody wants to throw the 
Okay, so the next year, the next year he had, the next year he had one interception. The next year he had two. So Landon Collins picks off five balls, makes the Pro Bowl. No one thought the next year he had a couple interceptions, but last when people were like, oh, well, last year he had no picks. Didn't throw the ball at Landon Collins. Yeah. Do you understand if these things work or not? Because it mind boggles me that Giant fans loved this player, and then the second the Giants didn't choose to keep him. The company line of complete garbage nonsense you heard from writers and different people that I just mentioned. Oh, he's not a good cover guy. He's not a he's he's a one dimensional safety. You're if you're a one dimensional safety, you don't make the all pro no. team. You don't make the you don't make the Pro no. Bowl three years in a row. He was the captain of your team. He's twenty five years old. And I heard from our some of our own friends. He doesn't all of a sudden suck because they didn't do anything about keeping him. Well, this is this is what I didn't get. All of a sudden. Every negative trait about this player comes out of the woodwork. Of course. And this is like what I'm talking about, the, the entitled nature sometimes of different fan bases. And this is not all Giants fans, not the Wookiee. Are you really serious? The Giants made a gigantic blunder, and it's like kind of admitted, but then kind of you try to explain it away. No, yeah. they messed up. Gettleman has many strikes against his record, and Landon Collins, all the all the different flaws that have bubbled to the <laughs> surface out of Giant fans' mouths all of a sudden... Yeah. The second they don't re-sign him... That is the worst. Is the timing not ironic? Right. Well, now he can't cover anybody? No. Now, the, now, whatever he did for us, as far as racking up tackles, passes defended, interceptions... Doesn't matter. How many How many times did he return interceptions for touchdowns? I'm sure there's a couple. All of a sudden, oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, we traded him, so you know what? He's garbage. But also, if a so team... And Mike, Mike, if a team is willing to give a player $84 million... You know what I'm saying? Mike, if you get $84 million over six years, that means you have tremendous value in the National Football League. That is a ridiculous contract. That's the contract that mostly got. Doesn't mean you're horrible. No, no, no. So, so what I'm saying, if you get eighty five, exactly. if you get $84 million from a team, that means you have tremendous value. The team who just had you when you're 25 years old no let, idea you, what let you go for nothing. Yeah, so there you absolutely. go right there. Now let's get into some Jets free agency talk, guys. You know the guys we signed. Let's hear what Mike has to say. Let's get into it. Some of the Jets free agent signings. Besides the great Le'Veon Bell. Alright everybody. Free agency sweepstakes. Bonanza. We're just still upon us. But for the most part, all the big time names have been locked up. Some quarterbacks still to go here and there that are floating around out there in the world. Right, Wookie, have another drink. It's fine. Go ahead. Hey. I see him in there. He's looking at me. He's, no, he's no. trying to teach. He's being a teetotaler right now. <laughs> it's fine, bro. It's been a, it's been a rough couple days. <laughs> for the blue. But let's get into these Jets moves that we've made. Michael, obviously the biggest one, the crown jewel. The number one free agent that was on the free agent market was Le'Veon Bell. He's now a New York Jet. We've covered it. We talked about it. We gave you our feelings. But a few other guys that we snagged added to the team, and we mentioned them a little while ago, Mike. C.J. Mosley, Alabama, national champion 2012, four-time Pro Bowler, four-time second-team All-Pro, drafted number 17. He's a beast. Tough in the run game. Doesn't make mistakes. He's good against the pass. He's a leader. Single-digit missed tackles in 2017-2018, and all we did last year was missed tackles, especially the second half of the year. This is a guy who you add to the defense, and immediately all the other linebackers, just like Bell does, because yep. he's so good and covers so much ground, makes it a lot easier for them. I've heard a lot of takes, or not a lot, but I've heard a few takes that really gave me pause, where they say, oh, Mike McCagnan, you know, why would you put all this money into a middle linebacker where... This type of skill played to value as much as, you know, a pass rusher or a quarterback or whatever. You know, you, you inflate the money for a position that's, that is, you know, you can have a subpar performance and still survive. You know, these people just don't really understand what brand is all about. Do you realize why 
the New York Jets can't get free agents because they think we're jabronis. And the way you change your brand is by getting elite talent on your team. So in the beginning, sometimes you have to overpay. Whether it's a position of crazy value like the edge, or if it's a position like middle linebacker, C.J. Mosley is one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL. He's an upgrade over Darren Lee, and we are going to be getting rid of Darren Lee. I think that when he got suspended, his fate was sealed. So, C.J. Mosley was signed $85 million, 51 of that guaranteed. There's no doubt that the Jets landed an incredibly talented player here. In 2014, he was a first-round pick. He's been to four Pro Bowls, first five seasons. But is he really worth $17 million? Absolutely, because where else are we putting this money? Who are we? Who else are we blowing money on? What McCagnan did is he did overpay, but he overpaid for great talent, just like he went in on Le'Veon Bell. Great talent. What you don't want to do is overpay for mediocre to okay talent. You want to get the best. And you know what? Is CJ worth $17 million? No. You could, there's an argument. But to the Jets, he's absolutely worth that. And it increases our ability to get more. Maybe in the future say, I want to play with these Jets because I have a chance to win a title. Also, him matched up there and met a linebacker with Davey Williamson. That's a pretty good combo right there. Avery Williamson had a good year last year and was pretty solid for us. And you get a guy who's even better than him out there now. So that's going to be tremendous to see. We also snagged Jameson Crowder, a little slot receiver from the Redskins, originally drafted from Duke. 5'10", 190. Great hands, Mike. Uh, like I said, with Herndon, Crowder, and Le'Veon Bell, in that short passing game, a lot of options for Sam Darno now. Um, this is a guy who ha- has tremendous hands. We also know that last year, as the year went on, Sam basically had no targets at the end of the season. Right. It's just another target out there. I know some people, you know, he's not super elite wide receiver, but he's a slot receiver. No, he- and the amount of production he's gotten first three years there was pretty good. Last year, he was a little bit banged up. But from the slot, he's pretty quick. He's sure-handed. He's somebody that gave us something we didn't have last year. We didn't really have a true slot receiver last year. They'd line a Nunwa up there. They'd line other guys up there. We never had, we didn't have a true slot receiver. So I think it's a smart move. I know, Mike, like you mentioned, some of the other guys that were out there, Humphreys, um, Beasley, some of these other guys, other slot receivers, for different reasons, I don't think were really as good a fit for us. Yeah, Humphreys was 26. He's roughly the same age as Crowder. I mean, we kind of talked about it. Is Humphreys really somebody who we think is going to bring value? Let me tell you this. Potentially, this is a very smart, budget-savvy move by McCagnan. Crowder is a slot-savvy player. He's a slot specialist. And we needed to make sure that we have one of those check down, one of those guys in the slot that Sam can be able to, to, to throw check down to. He'll have Bell and now he'll have Crowder. And Crowder in that position is better than most at the slot. I'm not saying he's a elite receiver, but the technical uh, and uh, uh, value that we need him to be for this team, he's very, very good at that. And instead of paying money to Cole Beasley, who's a bit older, Adam Humphreys, or even Golden Tate, who's 31, we want God Crowder. And I thought it was a very smart move. He's only 25 years old. Is coming uh, Crowder's coming off an ankle injury. I'm s- that cost him seven games last year. So that's why he was a little bit on the cheap, which is why. We- it's kind of savvy on McCagnin, potentially. But if he could stay healthy, I think he could bring some real good value to the offense and help for Sam Darnold. Now, Mike, filling one of our biggest holes, Jets made a trade also this week. Uh, one thing that Mike McCagnin has been pretty good at in recent years is trading. Drafts, 
free agency not so much, and hopefully this year with free agency signing, it's going to go the opposite direction. We traded for Kalichi Osameli from the Raiders, left guard, former All-Pro, second team All-Pro 2017. I know last year he was a little bit banged up, $10 million on the cap. He's a big old monster, Mike, 6'5", 330. He said last year he was probably, he, he said himself last year, probably way too much. I saw a video he put out last week, just before he got traded to the Jets. I'm on his Twitter, he sent out to the Raider Nation. He's down to 297 in the best shape of his life. He said, look, tremendous. Then he got traded to us. So I, I, I saw that separately. Then when he got traded to us, I was like, oh, that's pretty good. The guy looks like he's in the best shape he's ever been. Um, when he was in college, went to Iowa State. He was an All-American. He was a tremendous student. Um, guys like that that are smart, good athletes, all, the, all those combinations right there, I really, really like this move. Uh, J- Jamal Adams said at the end of the season, we need to get some dogs. And this guy, Osemele, is the definition of a dog, a mean dog. This guy, in exchange for just sliding 57 spots in the draft, we get a second-team All-Pro left guard. Now, we understand that he was had some injury issues last year. He, had, he was a little bit overweight. Um, but like you said, he's trimmed down. He's ready to go. And... Out of, right out of college in the begin in the first part of his career, he is a Pro Bowl left guard. He has tremendous size, speed at, at his at his size, and I think that next year this is an upgrade to the offensive line. To we have discussed how much how big of a risk the offensive line is currently to our New York Jets. Um, we won't talk about the center position right now, but you know we'll get back to that. But this, I love this move. This besides Bell. To be honest with you, this is my second favorite move that McCagnan made. Probably, well, I, I guess Mosley, arguably, you could say him too, because he's made four Pro Bowls yeah. and he's tremendous. But uh, if, you, if you make the All-Pro team, it means you're voted best at your position. Sometimes to me, that's very telling. So Because players know who they go against, who they think is the most dominant and the best player. And this is a guy, if you're All-Pro level player in your career, that means you're a peak level, as good as it gets in the NFL talent. Right. And that's what this guy is. Now, injuries, especially with offensive linemen, that can throw a whole year out of whack. Oh, no. Um, so I'm a, I'm a, and the whole, and if he is healthy and he, like he said, he's, he said he's slimmer than he's ever been and he feels great. That's somebody, I mean, on the left side of the line, he can just maul people. He's nasty. We have a friend of ours, a very close friend of all of ours, who is an Oakland Raider fan, who was very upset with this trade. Yes. Who, who's, uh, you know, he gave us the inside information. He thinks he's a great player. Last year was what it was, but they kind of did a different blocking scheme the last couple years than he, was, than he did the previous years. I think that maybe had a, a bit to do with it, but um, great move for the Jets. But maybe the second best move they made, like you said, Mike, because it's probably the biggest hole that we have to fill. And one thing I was kind of frustrated with with the Jets as we went through free agency was not so much that they didn't get uh but not that we ended up getting Paradise when they're going to the Panthers for it was three years 27 million it's that there was no contingency and what I mean and Mike McCagney I think did a great job there's not many things I can uh criticize so far as free agency goes even what happened with Bar Mike um that's something the Jets can't account for that there's nothing there's nothing the Jets did that made that happen what occurred um and basically what the Giants theoretically could have done with Lennon Collins too is that they had a guy who they said, okay, well, this guy might leave the team. And he was a free agent, just like Lenny Collins is now. And they talked to him, came to terms with him, figured out a way to get him on the team because he really liked there and was comfortable there. And they figured it out. And with the state tax in Minnesota compared to the state tax in New Jersey, even though it looks like they gave him less money, it's probably closer than most people think. I heard that this morning when I was into the radio. So I said, I was like, you know what? All right, so that doesn't bother me that much. The fact that he went back there, that's okay. What bothered me, Mike, is that a couple different things. One, that... If you, if you take that much time to tell the Jets, that amount of time that you're waiting, that we thought we had you, other linebackers and players are signing other places. So that in, that impacts us negatively. If, you, if you're going to take that much time to tell us, it kind of puts the Jets in a tough spot. But when it comes to Paradise, 
and the Jets. It didn't seem like we had any contingency plan. We went after this guy hard, and then I guess, Mike, you mentioned that there might have been something with the medical they weren't thrilled with. Is that what you said? Yes, something happened where they had an offer, and they were bidding against, I guess it was the Panthers or the Bills. I'm not really sure exactly. And McCagnin pulled the offer. Something's bothered them, and they pulled it. And when you look at the money that Paradise ended up getting... It really wasn't that much. And yeah, no, and that's what I'm saying. So what the money that you heard bandied about, the money that the guy, uh, I think it's Morse from Buffalo, the, yeah. center, the, the, center, of that, the center of that Buffalo sign, he got about $55 million total in his contract, and what you were hearing was that Paradise was looking for about $60 because he's a little bit better player, and then he signed for about half that. Yeah. So there's a red flag, and something's up. Something, and something, and that's the thing. You, we, we can kill McCadden for a lot of Jeff fans on Twitter were very upset, and I understand because it is a major hole, and I'm not sure how he's going to do that, I would say, hey, let's just be patient. Let's see what Mike can do as far as trades or where what he's going to do in the draft, try to get sappy in the draft. But I just want to address really quickly this Anthony Barr situation. You know, my father always told me, always do what you say you're going to do. Okay? as If you treat people the way you want to be treated and you do what you say you're going to do, most of the time you're going to be in a good spot. And when Barr told the New York Jets that he decided to sign with them and then he reneged on that decision, that is not a good look for his character, his professionalism, who he is. What the Jets did is they then froze the money that they were going to allocate to him. They could have been signing other players like you said, Keith, but they weren't because they thought and came to an agreement with a camp and then this man decides to just change his mind and you know what you have the right to do that but you are going to have to live with that decision for the rest of your life as a professional because now your word really doesn't mean anything does it Anthony Barr this is the second time that the Minnesota Vikings were involved with a player that tried to leverage us to get more money Anthony Barr is not really my favorite person in the world right now and I'm really not liking the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, they did help us get Sam Darnold uh, in, in the end. Like I was saying, I can't blame McCagden too much. Just went out there, they gave him a tremendous contract. And they, they put their best foot forward to try to get him and get Mosley and get the defense to, you know, a ridiculous level when it comes to linebackers. He chose to go back to the Vikings. When it comes to Paradise, what I was going to say, Mike, is that they, they're not going after any other offensive lineman that's out there. They're not... They had no, they had no bids in on the other center. Uh, Morris ended up going to the Bills. Yeah, they had nothing. That what that's what bothers me because if you go into free agency with 105 million dollars and you know your biggest weakness on your team is the offensive line, I understand they made a trade to get an offensive lineman, but we have holes everywhere on the line. So if you go into free agency with that much money and you don't sign a single guy to upgrade the line, that's a big miss. Right, I agree, man. And we're gonna look. I'm going to give Mike the benefit of the doubt because this year has reminded me of 2016, his first year when he was just signing players and we went and got to a 10-6 and record. Mike McCabnin has shown me that when he wants to be aggressive, he's aggressive as he did for Sam Darnold going up uh, in the draft to three to get him. I, I like what I've seen from him. Um, the trade that for the guard we were just talking about Kalechi Osemele was a great move by him. Let's see what he can do. Let's try to see, let's see if he can pull off a trade or get savvy. We all know the center position needs to be addressed. 
And I, Mike McCagden, I'm sure, is fully aware of that. Another guy that we brought back to the team, another, sign, another signing by the New York Jets, was Henry Anderson. Yes. We brought him back. Three-year deal worth $25.2 million max, $25.2 max value, $33 million. Uh, I know he had a bunch of suitors actually out there trying to get Henry. He had seven sacks last year. He had a lot of pressures also. So he, he was after the quarterback a lot of times. Beginning of the year, end of the year, he played great. Middle of the year, he kind of a lull there. But also, Mike, he wasn't someone that played every down either. So if you have seven sacks and you play as much as he did, that's actually not that bad. Henry Anderson's a good a good asset for the Jets. But they brought him back, Mike. Stoked about it. And I know that you were happy they brought him back, too. I'm very happy we brought him back. You know, he's one of our favorite, favorite players from last year. And I'm not sure what the Jets are going to do in the draft. But if they do try to get an edge rusher and they have Henry Anderson and they have Leo... You know, that defensive line, it just adds more depth, more value at uh, putting pressure on the quarterbacks, along with our linebacking core, which has now improved with the addition of C.J. Mosley. Uh, Henry Anderson definitely was a great add. And guess what, Keith? They just signed, re-signed Neville Hewitt. Yeah, Neville Hewitt, other player. Just, just Frankie Louvu and Neville Hewitt. Both of us, rocket strapped by us. We, we <laughs> shot him to the top, put him on the map. Uh, we should be all over their Twitter. They should give us the most love ever. Because who knew who they were at the beginning of the season? Besides me and Mike and everyone who listens to the ABG podcast, nobody brought him back. They also brought back Dowell Roberts. Yeah. Which, uh, when me and you... Now, Mike, me and you, our percentage of guys we thought they'd bring back is pretty good. We actually did a pretty good job with, with the predictions of who they let go and who they bring back. Yeah. We, look at it. we won't go through it with everyone, but just trust us, ABG. We were on top of it. Dowell Roberts, we thought they would bring back. They did. A lot of versatility. He can play a couple different positions. And also... When Tremaine Johnson went out last year, he played pretty good. So that's a good guy to have for depth. Yeah, and one of the guys that's actually coming in right now. Oh, by the way, Buster Screen is gone. Can, can I get some applause, please? Can we get some fireworks going? I'm just so happy. I don't have to deal with the penalties. <laughs> Um, but now our slot corner position is a little bit underwhelming. Right now we're bringing in cornerback Brian Poole. He's a 26-year-old cornerback that entering his fourth year from the University of Florida. Uh, he and Marcus May were actually teammates in Florida. Um, he played every single game in his career with the exception of one. And in 2016, he started nine games and recorded 59 tackles, one sack, 10 passes defended, and one interception. So this guy, uh, from all intents and purposes, is a pretty good nickelback and would replace Buster Screen, and I couldn't be happier if we get him. Yeah, Mike, everyone, he, just so you know, he's not a big fan of Buster Screen. No. We should, we should put that out there. The, uh, the it's the penalties, man. How many times I text you, like, are you... Really? 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 Yes, really. I- I'm just done with it. I'm done with it. Yeah, but you, you and uh, you and Buster, you haven't been on the same page since day one. That's no. the truth. You never saw eye to eye. You and Buster screen. No, so it's you guys okay. Guys, never take pictures in a picture booth. Yeah, it's okay, Mike. Don't worry about. But it. what about uh, what about um our boy Jason Myers? What yeah, happened? I wanted Nick, to ask you. Nick. I wanted to ask your opinion on this. Uh, former Maris Red Fox, Pro Bowler for the Jets last year. Jason Myers, now a Seattle Seahawks again. Nick, that was your responsibility. That was your responsibility to get him and keep him here. You were no, supposed no, no, to reach I out to him. I thought you were, um, I mean, you're, you're coming at us. We actually thought you were the inside hook for us because you are a former star. I was, I was, I tried. I was, I, I told him, I was like, yo, I think we can get a good interview with him. And then at the end, you know, we'll talk football, we'll talk Jets, we'll talk kicking. Then towards the end, be like, hey, what establishments around the Red Fox community are still there. Yeah, and then the other guy that we let go of was Andre Roberts, who ended up signing with the Buffalo Bills, but 
To replace him, we get Mr. Bellamy from the Chicago Bears. It's not a really a splashy move by any means, but does add some depth to the wide receiver core. Um, he's a special teams guy, and Brent Boyer wanted him. He specifically asked for him. And Mike McCagnan, it was a little weird that you'd get a guy like this uh, on the first day. Uh, but Mike McCagnan has a tendency to get the players that his coaches are asking for. This is why, our Dar- from reports, Ardarius Stewart and Chad Hansen were drafted because the coaches asked for those players specifically. So um, Brent Boyer, our special teams coach, asked for this player, and Mike McCagnan got it for him. Yeah, actually, it's crazy because hand wash uh, car wash down there. <laughs> Chad Hansen actually washed my car today. <laughs> I wiped down. You. Yeah, he wiped down everything. I threw, I threw him ten. But I felt bad for the guy. You look familiar. Here you yeah. go. And we brought back Jonathan Harrison up the line. It's pretty much a Jonathan Harrison center who came in last year when Spencer Long just went totally postal and lost his mind. He couldn't hike the ball or do anything anymore. He played in every game last year. He, he actually started half the season. He's pretty versatile and he's a good guy to bring back. I don't know if that's going to be the starter next season <laughs> or not at center. I, I'd hope it wouldn't be, but. I, I guess as a fallback option, he started, did start half the year. He wasn't a glaring hole, maybe not a dominant player, but someone I guess you can plug in, Mike? Yeah, I mean, right now he's the starting center for the New York Jets, so he did a pretty decent job last year. I really liked bringing him back. Um, there's some takes out there that he's a little overvalued because he wasn't as bad as Spencer Long, so it makes people think that he was pretty good. But from what I saw... I thought that Sam Darnold had pretty decent protection and that he was pretty in sync with Harrison in the last four games. Sam, I, I look at results, and Sam had the number one QBR in the entire NFL in the month of December, and his center was Mr. Jonathan Harrison. So if all push comes to shove, if he's the starter, I'm not going to be happy, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I mean, that chemistry with the center and the quarterback doesn't matter. Uh, you have to have that timing down to get all the check downs and everything like that, so it's an important position to have a good player there and a heady player and someone that the quarterback really connects with. So, at the end of the season, Sam did play tremendous when he came back. Harrison was the center. You know, those are all good signs. If that's a guy we have to go with, it is what it is, but if they ha- they're going to have to bring in... Osamele is the only guy they bring in to upgrade this line, Mike, then we're, we're going to be in rough shape next year. Well, Josh Sitton is somebody that we're going to be potentially looking at right now. He was cut. He's a right guard, or he's a guard for the Miami Dolphins. That's somebody that we potentially could be bringing in to help bolster the offensive line. Besides him, I don't hear any other names really looking at our line help. But there are two rumors out there that I do want to address. One, trading for A.J. Green. I have heard on Twitter is a possibility. Everybody keep their ear out. And the other, Mike McCagden's potential secret earth-shattering move is trading for Javion uh, Clowney from the Texans. Javion Clowney? Jada, excuse me. Javion Clowney from the Texans. Or Javion. Javion, Javion, same thing. As they long just as... re-signed him, didn't they? No. Oh, they franchise franchise him. tagged him. And they, they know the two Texans cannot pay this man because they're paying... Uh, JJ Watt, they've got to pay uh, the quarterback. So they, can, they can basically the Texans would be theoretically doing what we were saying. Maybe the Giants should do with or D Ford or what D Ford just did. So the Chiefs franchise tag D Ford and then they trade him to San Francisco Forty Nineers. I mean, the Jets would be dumb not to just at least look into this. Well, if they drafted, for instance, say this hypothetical crazy thing happened, say the Jets in some parallel multiverse sod universe <laughs> were able to get Jadavion Clowney somehow in a trade. 
And that trade, obviously, is not going to include our number three pick, but right. whatever they had to give up to get him. At three, if you draft Allen, or say the say, say some crazy world where the top two picks are quarterbacks. And we get Bosa. <laughs> Bookends. So, oh then you have Javion Clowney, and you have Allen, Javion Clowney, Bosa, and you have Leonard Williams in the middle, and you have back of those two guys, you have Mosley, you have Williamson. Uh, you have uh, a guy we forget about, man, um, that I wanted to bring up, Mike, because when we didn't when we didn't get Barr, I was like, you know what? As a pass rushing outside linebacker, Jordan Jenkins is not bad. No, and he had seven sacks last year. Barr has thirteen sacks his whole career. You know, and I'm not, they're different types of different types of linebackers. I'm not saying he's as good as Barr because he's not, but Jordan Jenkins has attributes that are better than him. Mm-hmm. And in his career, he only has one less sack. The guy's only played a few years. So Jordan Jenkins is not just like some. I know Jet fans might not look at him as some elite player, but he had he was uh, the team leader in sacks last year with Henry Anderson. Jordan Jenkins. So yeah. just just remember that, guys. When we talk about missing out on Bar, we actually have a pretty decent outside linebacker, and Jenkins sets the edge pretty good, and he's not a bad player at all. Last year, there was one week last year, he was the AFC Player of the Week in a tremendous game. I forget what the hell game it was, but he is a good player too. Absolutely, and if they really wanted to get somebody, they can go after Houston, who was just released. I mean, he's 29. They could bring him in if they really needed to, um, but right now, another guy they could go after is Ndamukong Sue. Or Ziggy Ansah. Um, but I personally, my number one um, guy I'd be going after right now is Ronald Darby, cornerback. I would be bringing him in or bringing in Bryce Callahan. We need yeah, to we, get well, that, we second that second cornerback. We need yeah, to get no, that exactly. second cornerback. Right now, we don't have that. We don't have a hole there right now, big time. Because Tremaine Johnson, like we said, the beginning of last year wasn't that... Had a, had a rough go of it the beginning of last year. Penalties, a lot of missed coverages by him. End of the year, Mike improved his play, played a lot better, had four interceptions the second half of the year. I thought he played pretty good down the stretch. Uh, and he is a highly talented player. That's why we gave him the money that he got. He had his best season under Greg Williams. That's our defensive That's our defensive uh, coach now. So getting that other corner, though, will be so imperative because you can't just have one guy. I know we have the great safety. I know, you know, May is tremendous at safety also. And it looks like the line and the linebackers are going to be pretty solid. But we have to get that second corner. So either of those options sound good to me. They got, they got to get somebody in there or at least draft third round there because that's, that's something they might do too um, in the third round is get someone to fill that hole because you can't go into next season with the hole they have right now at the second cornerback position. Yeah, so Michael Garris, big stinking Wookiee, majestic hey. beast, Nicholas Krong. Hey. Another one in the books. And, uh, you know, I know he went a little hard on your, your blue team. Hey, you know, they deserve it. And it just, it's, it. it's just so crazy how in a matter of a few hours last night, Odell Beckham Jr. got traded from the Giants, and then Le'Veon Bell got signed to the Jets. The, the, it's crazy. The, the, the complete 180 of, of what's going like some, on. Somebody was like, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna just rip something out of Giant fans' heart." Not me. I wanted him gone years ago, and now we're gonna give back to the Jet fans, so New York will be fine. Like they balance it out. Well, where I mean, you know, when you watch when you see those specials on television, and they tell you like, "Give money for the kids." And they show you, like, the poor kid wherever he is, and you feel so bad for him. That's us as a team. That's us. So people should feel bad for us. We have we have no no Jet fan feel bad for the Giants last night at all, because we shouldn't. We've, we've been under a lot of abuse for a long time. And, the Jets and you know, the Browns results, game. the results are going to have to be proven. This means the yep. guys you sign mean nothing, like we've yep. seen a million times. But 
it does seem like the Jets are trending in one direction. Le'Veon Bell's gigantic signing, it's only going to help increase the Jets' image and help bring in more free agents, just like Mike said. Yep. And it seems like the Giants are trending in an opposite direction. L- L- this year is a known, a known absolute dumpster fire tour. Fellas. A 17 week, a 17 week dumpster fire carnival is coming for Giant fans. Have fun with that this year! Well, we got Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold dropping dimes at lights! <laughs> as we, as we know, we have seen in our lifetimes the Chicago Cubs win a World Series. We have seen the Saints go from the whack, crazy Saints to who dat nation, right? We've seen brands change, and brands don't change really overnight, and unless you're maybe the Browns <laughs> right now. <laughs> but it takes some time to do that. So right now, it takes a plan. We're executing that plan, and when we win, we begin to get our name with some respectability, some credibility, which opens us up for success in the future and allows us to sign players in free agency and not have to overpay for them. You know, and that's, that's the gist, people. Hey. Next week, everybody, we're going to have a special guest, CJ Simone, the Jet Factor Podcast, absolutely awesome Jet Podcast. He's out there, even in the, the, the dark times, like right now, weekly basis hitting you. We're going to talk about free agency, talk about these signings, talk about Le'Veon Bell, all the things that happen, positives, negatives, all that good stuff. He'll be with us. And Michael, you know, we have such tremendous listeners. They've been riding with us. What do you talk about, really, when you get into these times, um, the NFL season, but they've still been going with us, and it's been tremendous. I want to thank everybody for listening to us this week. Us, tweeting at us, hitting play, telling people about it. I really do appreciate it. If anyone wants to get at us, Mike, message you, message me, hear the show. Where can they do that? Oh, uh, we are hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You could find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet. You heard the man on behalf of my colleague Michael Lagaris and the majestic beast Nicholas Kronk. My name is Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans are fans. very passionate. Bird, ready, bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans are very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Darn an unbeliever.